I've been waiting 23 years to say that. I'm still just, for the rest of this episode, gonna be so just confused over those butt figures. Do you need <laughs> what? You need answers. I need answers. Damn the it. truth oh, is okay. out there for them. Yep, it's true. See what it I did there? there? I can see, I what, did I see did. what you did. I did see what you did there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Welcome to the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And this is going to be another episode where I didn't take any notes. Not because I, I'm trying something a little bit different. Because uh, last episode I didn't take notes because the premise was pretty basic. And also I was just like, the notes are getting to be some work. So I'm going to see how I do without them i've got the um i think it's pretty i think it's pretty safe to say especially for maybe for someone like this mm-hmm. that it might be a, a good to not like have a whole bunch of notes i mean i, yeah. I enjoyed this episode um mm-hmm. but it was weird because you mentioned beforehand that it's like uh, that mm-hmm. there's gonna be a horror cameo which is tony todd Yep. Um, but I was, I guess I was partially right because of what Tony Todd does with the Freddy Krueger thing. And I was just like, a little bit, I, yeah. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this episode is a season two, episode four, Sleepless, uh, written by Howard Gordon, uh, who actually, this was his first uh, time writing an episode on his own. Previously, he had written some episodes with Alex Gansa. And this one is directed by Rob Bowman. And yeah, it was pretty much just inspired by uh, Gordon having a, a bout of insomnia. He was having a really hard time sleeping, and he came up with the idea for this story of uh, what makes the ultimate soldier well as we find out in this episode spoiler alert make the the ultimate soldier never sleeps so um also we are introduced to a couple of characters well we're fully introduced to one character we've already met before uh through just his voice and then we are introduced to another character who's going to be very important going forward. Uh, we'll get to that part at the end of the episode because we find out some things about him at the end or something important about him at the end of the episode. So uh, I've got the plot synopsis here in front of me from Wikipedia. Let's see how we do without my notes. Uh so it, it starts off in New York City, and there's a guy who is asleep on his couch watching the stock report. As we and, all do. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Stock reports are boring. You ever actually sat and tried to watch them? I think Ooh, once boy. when I tried to be like, hmm, maybe I should put some money in stocks. And I was like, nope. 
Yeah, I don't understand it at all. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. So he's there and he's sleeping. And he wakes up <clears throat> thinking he smells smoke. And he goes to his door and he opens his door. And there's this great big fire going on. Which I gotta say, tried- even though we're going to get into it more, that's like... He does the bit where they always tell you not to do uh, in every <laughs> training I've ever been to for fires in middle school or uh, elementary school. You touch a door and you see smoke and it's hot. Don't open it. Yeah, no kidding. Especially since um, isn't that like when you can get the backdraft? Yeah, the or backdraft. Whatever, so it causes can... the fire to spread even faster. Yep, because it can burst into your room and it gets like a fresh burst of oxygen or whatever. So yeah, he does the exact opposite of what he's supposed to do. He opens the door and oh God, there's a big fire in the hall and he calls the fire department and everything and sounds the alarm and the fire department shows up and weirdly enough, there's no fire and they go up to his apartment and they're like, okay, we might have a false alarm, uh, the door's not hot. We don't see any smoke or anything. We're going in and they go in and this dude is dead. So. But on their way, on their way up, they pass Tony Todd, who's on his way down. Right. Yep. Forgot to mention that part. Yep. They go by this, uh, this guy that is obviously because he's played by Tony Todd, you realize he's going to be important. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, day or so later, in Mulder's apartment, he wakes up and he goes to his door and he opens it up and there's a there's a fire. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, there's another fire. Oh god. And he opens the door and he, there's a newspaper there and there's an article circled about this guy that died. Find out his name is Dr. Saul Grissom. And inside of the newspaper is a cassette tape. Oh god, I feel so old seeing a cassette tape. Of um, I just remember Grissom's- I just remember putting cassette tapes like if you want your favorite you want to listen to your favorite song but you could only get it on the radio so you sit by your radio mm-hmm. the entire time hoping that the song will come on so you could record it really fast. Yeah, well, do you remember having cassette tapes when like <clears throat> there you wanted to listen to one song specifically? Yeah, on and you have the to album? fast forward, and you, you have to like, kind of pay, like, get and then and then stop, and then oh, I went too far, and then rewind. Oh, I went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. So anyway, uh, Mulder gets his cassette tape, and he brings <laughs> it to. Uh, Skinner, who's like, so what do you want? Uh, you want to take this case? And Mulder's like, well, yeah, this guy, he, uh, you know, he worked for some government contracts that technically makes it FBI jurisdiction. And Skinner's like, well, maybe. And then we get introduced to Alex Krychek, who is going to be super important for the rest of the series uh, on and off. He's not like, in every episode or anything, but he does become a major player. But his intro in this is a little bizarre. Yeah, because he walks up to Mulder's desk and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know, I'm I'm Krychek. He's kind of new to the bureau." But he like and stands he... there forever, like in front, <laughs> like in plain view. And I know it's like mm-hmm. it's television, and sometimes they do that to make you like the audience be like, "Oh, he's nervous," and he's like. Maybe me and I know, but I'm just like, dude, 
Mm-hmm. Like that's for me, it's just a red flag for someone that's like inexperienced, especially in this kind of line of work. I'm like, ah, that's someone you don't want. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, you know, hey, I'm I'm Krychek, and Mulder's like, oh, uh, I didn't hear anything about another agent being on this case. I work alone, and Krychek's like, well, actually. Uh, this is my case. I opened a file on this case like about 20 minutes before you did. So I'm actually the lead investigator. And Mulder is like, oh, okay, great. How about you go get a car from the motor pool and we'll drive to New York City together or we'll drive to the airport together and uh, I'll meet you there in a few minutes. And then Mulder ditches cry check and goes to the airport on his own. <laughs> Um, and he calls Scully from the airport and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to investigate this Dr. Saul Grissom. I need you to do his autopsy. And of course, at this point you can really tell they're getting ready for, uh, Jillian Anderson to leave because she spends the entire episode in her, uh, medical examiner's clothes, uh, shot from about chest height. Up. <laughs> it, fe- it felt like they did all her scenes in one day. Yes, yeah. very much so. They were like, here's your costume. We're going to shoot all your stuff and uh, get get your part taken care of. Uh, which makes sense because the next episode, I'll talk about it, but the next episode is where she exits for, for a brief moment. Um, so... Where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Mulder, you know, he's, he's ditched um, Crycheck. And then we get to... Uh, I lost my... Uh, they go... They, they go... Didn't they go to the body? Like... Yeah, I lost my train of yeah. thought. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He go, Mulder goes to um, Stamford, Connecticut, where this Dr. Grissom had his... His sleep clinic, that's right. Oh, I, yes, yeah. He had a sleep clinic. He studied sleep, and so he, um, you know, Mulder goes and some stuff about sleep and yada, yada, and he learns that this guy was in the military, or, you know, worked with the military, studying sleep and everything, did all these sleep experiments, yada, yada. Uh, Actually, we get the more important stuff in this next part in Brooklyn is really what it is. Because in Brooklyn, we're in this, like, kind of rundown apartment. No sleep till Brooklyn. Sorry. No sleep till, dude. <laughs> and, uh, oh, actually, no. For Excuse me. There has to. There's a part that comes before the Brooklyn part. Because if I don't explain this part where they did the autopsy, the Brooklyn part doesn't make any sense. Um, first, uh, Mulder go after he leaves the sleep clinic, he goes to Quantico where Scully has done the autopsy and she says a lot of stuff that basically adds up to this guy died in a fire because he, in, he inhaled all the there's chemicals no, that, that would yeah, cause there's, like burns. There's, right. There's no like external sign that he was in a fire. But his body believed it was burning up because everything on his insides indicates he died in a fire. And that's kind of what the whole point is when he goes to the the guy's uh, pre, uh, right. sleep clinic. It's basically a bunch of sciencey jargon to be like, there is a way 
that your body and my, your mind can trick you into uh, believing that something is happening to you. Not to the extent of what happens in a little bit. Um, right. But uh, but basically, like, you can easily, like, your body can easily trick you into, uh, can, you can trick your body into thinking something else. Mm-hmm. Because they were talking about night terrors yeah. and stuff like that. So that's why I was saying, but, yeah, I had to explain that this guy's body thought he was dying of burning alive. Because the, the most important part is in the next part, in the... The Brooklyn apartment. We meet this guy, Henry Willig, who's a Vietnam vet. And suddenly there's this other guy in his apartment, uh, Augustus Cole, who he calls preacher because Cole is like all about the Bible and stuff. And Augustus Cole is Tony Todd's character. And, you know, he's like, we find out, A, that these dudes were experimented on and they haven't gone to sleep in like 20 years or something like that or 21 years or something i think it like was that. 23 yeah they so they that's right 23 or 24 years they have not been asleep um which is insane and they're kind of cracking up the two of them are both basically like cracking up um and Henry is like, uh, er, no, excuse me. Cole is like, you know, we got to answer for what we did over there. And suddenly this guy, Henry Willig, sees a group of like horribly wounded Vietnamese people in his apartment. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no. And these Vietnamese people that he is seeing in his apartment gun him down and he falls down dead. Uh, and then the next day, Mulder and Krychek are following up on this case. They're like, okay, here's this guy, Willig. He's dead. He died of internal hemorrhaging. Um, and I think it's Krychek that says, you know, the medical examiner said yeah. uh, if he didn't know any better, he'd say this guy was shot, shot to, to death. Because he had all the internal hemorrhages that looked like bullet wounds because he believed he was being that's why i had to explain because he believed he was being gunned down and Mulder and krychek they find this big scar on the back of his neck and Mulder's like what is that and krychek's like i don't know it's um apparently his only uh surgery was to have his appendix out and maybe he got it in vietnam and Mulder's like wait a minute he was in vietnam He's like, yeah, he was in this special forces unit and he's only one of two survivors. Of course, the other one is Cole. And then they find out that these dudes were all stationed at the same place that Dr. Grissom was stationed. And so they're starting to put together that maybe Grissom did some kind of experiment on these dudes. So they go to the VA hospital in New Jersey where Cole is supposedly being kept. And they go all the way down into the ba- Like this dude <laughs> was kept in the basement. It's the same, it's just like the same protocol they always use in films and TV where the scum – like for, well, and I wouldn't say in case of Augustus because uh, until mm-hmm. we find out later. But it's like the scum of the scum – are always mm-hmm. put in like the dark dreary Well that's where yeah. they kept that's where they kept Eve in the earlier episode yeah. with uh, 
and yeah. the rest of the band. Like, I mean, for heaven's oh, God. <laughs> Um, they did explain, the, I mean, the doctor kind of explained, we, he was like, we had to put him down here. Like he was disturbing the other patients, uh, I guess. Cause he was using, we find, obviously now we know he has some kind of ability and I guess he was like keeping everybody up all night in the rest of the hospital. And the only way to stop him was to separate him that much, but whatever. Okay. Uh, so the doctor, you know, he opens the cell and Cole's gone and he's like, Oh God. And so he goes to the nurse and she's like, uh, you discharged him like three days ago. And the doctor's like, uh, I think I would remember discharging that guy. And she's like, no, no, you really did. Like I was on duty. Here's, your paper Here's the work. paper. That is your signature. Right. And he's like, Oh, so <laughs> it's pretty funny. His it's, reaction. It kind of is a, a hilarious, weirdly hilarious moment in this whole episode because they never uh, come back to it in terms of like, like what did he do to make him think? But I guess it's not the important part. Mm-hmm. But, no, because while this doctor is basically standing there dumbfounded and uh, Mulder gets a phone call from the same mysterious voice that has been contacting him recently, called him in the host and stuff like that. And he's like, look, we need to meet up. I have something for you. Meet me here at this time. And if you're followed, I won't be I'm, there. I'm not going to be there. You know, the whole spiel. Um, and they don't say it in this episode, uh, but I might as well. Ju- this character is going to be identified as x okay uh kind of like how Mulder's last but it's hard to talk about x without calling him x um (laughs) kind of like how the last guy was deep throat this guy is x not as creative so no but um i they they mostly call him x and i'll give this away just because because when Mulder wants to get in contact with him, he gets out a roll of tape and puts a big X on his apartment window and shines a light on the X so that it can be seen from the street. And that's how, it, in the future, that's how he and X get in contact. All right. Uh, get in contact. So that's why he calls him X because just he puts you know tape on his window. But uh, he meets up with X, who is... Um, like, here's this this file uh, and just gives Mulder the rundown of kind of what I talked about at the beginning. Like, they were doing some experiments with making the ultimate soldier to try and win the Vietnam War because they knew they wouldn't win. And they created this group of like 13 soldiers who never, ever had to sleep. And between the 13 of them, they had like, 4,000 confirmed kills, um, which is a boatload. But I guess if you never have to sleep, you can just go around killing people. Yeah, it's the, the, their idea of the elite kill squad. Uh, yeah. Don't know as tired. They can do 20. Like, the, uh, they, they explain it a little bit later because they run in, they find another guy. But basically. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing X tells him. He's like, okay, so like supposedly only this Henry Willig and Augustus Cole came back. And Willig is dead and Cole is still alive. But here's this one other guy who was uh, mistakenly reported as killed in action. Go find him. And Mulder's like, okay, well, um, 
how are you going to help me? There, I'm, you know, what are you, why are you doing this? And he's like, you know, basically, uh, he just says to him, you know, the shutting down the X-Files was only the beginning. The, the truth is still out there. It's still dangerous. And Mueller's like, great. How do I get in touch with you again if, you know, if I need more help? And X is a little bit different than Deep he's, Throat, we he's find out. Grouchy. He's wicked grouchy and he gets more grouchy. But he basically says, look, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. I feel like I have to. Uh, a man we both know paid the ultimate price of his life to help you out. And I don't want to pay my life to help you out. So you're not going to you're not going to get in touch with me again, basically. And he leaves, which turns out not to be true. But the, his his whole thing is we find out X really doesn't want to be doing this. He just feels obligated because he knew Deep Throat. Um, so anyway, in the meantime, uh, you know, Mulder uh, goes back to the hotel and Krychek's like, come on, we gotta go. Uh, Cole robbed a drugstore and he's in this hotel. And they go to the hotel and... Like, as soon as they get there, there's, like, gunshots and everything, and they run up... Oh, and uh, the cop says he didn't steal any money. He stole drugs. That's all he stole. And so they run up to the room where Cole is supposed to be, and they run in, and Cole's not there. Just two officers who were shot, and Mulder looks out the window, and Cole is gone. But it turns out these officers shot each other. And so Mulder comes up with this theory... That I'm not entirely sure how he comes up with it, but go on, Mulder. He does come up with this idea that, based on I guess like what we found out from at the sleep clinic and everything, he goes, "What if because Cole hasn't been asleep for like 23 years, he's developed the ability to instead of dreaming." project his subconscious onto other people there by making them see things that aren't there that really and is like the weirdest like jump to conclusion so far that yeah. is just like that like and i know scully's not there to like she kind of like talks to him on the phone a little bit like they tried to get her in this episode as much as they could but it's it's a little weird because he's telling her this idea like and she's like oh so you think he just has psychic vision abilities now and Mulder's like yeah it makes sense and i'm like okay i guess it makes sense yeah i guess whatever right yeah we gotta move this episode once and uh, we also get a little bit of a hint that uh scully's kind of upset that Mulder is working with Crycheck because she's kind of like oh how's 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 the new guy do you know she's just jealous that he has a partner that's not her uh, and he's like, well, you know, he, he's more open to extreme possibilities. And she's like, than I was, he's like, well, I was gonna say than I thought he would be. Well, um, it's just funny. Like how many, like every time they just, like try to like get rid of him and dip out, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just keeps showing up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so this is when uh, Mulder and Krychek, they go and they find this other guy you mentioned earlier. His name's Matola. He's the third guy that came back that had the experiment performed on him. And he thinks, you know, he's like, and this dude, 
<laughs> wow, this dude, I feel bad for this dude. He looks like he is in bad shape. He's awful. Like, I was like, oh my God. And he basically, he's like, look, I, they, they experimented on me. They took part of my brain out, man. Like we went on all these kill missions. We didn't sleep ever. We were round the clock working and we took like this cocktail of drugs that kind of like replenished some of the chemicals that would normally replenish during sleep. We, we didn't like get tired to the point we needed to sleep. We just had to rest and eventually uh, you know, we just started to get like more aggressive and more anti-authority and we broke away from our unit and just went around just killing people indiscriminately is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. And uh, he's like, so, yeah. Uh, by the way, there was this one other dude who actually did the surgeries. It wasn't Dr. Grissom. It was this other dude, Dr. Girardi. And so Mulder and Krychek, they go to the subway station where Dr. Girardi is supposedly going to be arriving from Dr. Grissom's funeral. And Mulder sees Cole there. And Cole, well, Mulder sees Cole shoot Girardi. So Mulder, you know, pulls his gun out and starts waving it around. And is like, stop, stop, you know, and... um it, is this the part where it looks like Mulder gets shot, right? This is the part where uh, where uh, he like waves around and he's about to shoot uh, mm-hmm. Cole. Um, but he, uh, he he thinks he got shot. Oh, right. Yes. He yeah. thinks Because he, he falls over shot and mm-hmm. then Alex comes by and picks him up and he's like, are you all right? Well, what, what happened? He's like, Cole, he killed Girardi. He's like, he's gone. Like, and he's like, Mm -hmm. no one's here. Like, he's like, the guy never showed up. Like Cole was never here. Girardi was never here. You You, were literally running around with your, yeah, you were running out, running around with your gun out, scaring people. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, oh, for, and, and, and Mulder's all freaked out because like, Mm-hmm. It's like now it, he's kind of more of a believer in like that the fact that it could be done to him. Yep. So they go start looking through security footage. He's like, I'll, I'll prove it to you. And we got to find him like he had to have been here. So they look at the footage and they find, um, you know, they, they basically find uh, a car. There's a car. The, like a car that wasn't there. There was like some skip in the footage or whatever. And they go to a building and, you know, Cole is there. He has Girardi held hostage. He's this gonna... scene legitimately could be terror was terrifying. Like for just thinking about the idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that is true. Like that's kind of a weird fear of mine. And I'm just like, oh, God. Like because, yeah, Girardi's all tied up. Preacher's doing mm-hmm. his whole preaching bit. It's like, you did this to us. Like, what if we ever, like, what if, how, how do you feel if people were doing that? And then all of a sudden he starts imagining, uh, no faces, but just like hands with scalpels, like just yep. butchering his body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, that is truly terrifying. It was, it's a good scene. Uh, and Mulder shows up 
and Cole is ready to kill himself. He's going to jump off this this building and die. And Mulder's like, no, no, just come on. You, you know, I know this happened to you. You know, Mulder's trying to talk him down. He's like, I know this happened to you, but like, don't kill yourself, yada, yada. And Krychek shows up and we find out that Krychek believes that Cole is holding a gun and pointing it because Krychek shows up with his weapon drawn and Mulder's like, Krychek, no, don't shoot it. Because Mulder doesn't realize that Krychek thinks he has a gun because Mulder sees Cole holding his Bible um, and Cole holds his Bible out, you know, like he's holding a gun out and Krychek kills him. He commits, you know, he basically commits suicide by cop. Uh, he gets Krychek to shoot him and Krychek's like, you know, Krychek realizes that he was holding out a Bible and he gets upset and Mulder's like, no, no, like you did the you right, did the right thing. thing. Basically Mulder admits that, you know, this guy really wanted to die. It's, you know, he says you did the right thing. Uh, but he, he means something different than Krychek thinks he means obviously. Cause Mulder's yeah. like, you know what? Maybe it was just better that this guy dies. So that happens. And then at the end, <clears throat> We get uh, the smoking man, and he's sitting at a table with a couple other guys. And he's like, you know, the apparently the dis dissolution of the X-Files. Or, you no, know, he's getting a report, and we find out he's getting a report from Krychek. Turns out Krychek is now working for the smoking man. He says, you know, uh, breaking Son up the... Son smoking man! The fucking smoking man. <laughs> Krychek's like, ah, oh. you know, sir, um, we thought that breaking up the X-Files and separating Mulder and Scully would work, and it hasn't. Uh, it seems like they're actually closer than ever, and even though they're not partners, they're working together as much as ever. Uh, Scully more is, dangerous than we thought she was. Yep, and the smoking man says, "Well, you know, uh, what is he? I can't remember his exact He's, wording, but he, he basically, basically says he basically is saying we need to terminate Scully." Yep, he basically just says every problem. Ha yeah, he yeah, says something. Every like, problem, every has, problem a has a solution, uh, which basically means we could kill Scully. Yeah, because they <laughs> did the whole euphemism of him extinguishing mm -hmm. his cigarette yep he slowly puts out his cigarette and crushes it down into the ashtray and that's the end of the episode and that was sleepless not in seattle though not in seattle nope just sleepless <laughs> uh thoughts letter grade all the usual stuff uh, we do here i really like this one uh it's i'm also paying also playing a little bit of favoritism because I love Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. Uh, yeah. He's such a great character. I met him once. Such a great guy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I thought the episode is actually a really well done piece, even regardless of Scully's abs weird absence uh, sure. on the way out. Um, I give it an A. It's just a straight up A. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, it's a good little piece kind of about... Um... I mean, really, ultimately, I just see this piece as a uh, kind of a piece about 
post-traumatic stress disorder. It really is. Uh, because these guys got really fucked up by the Vietnam War. I mean, in, obviously, lots of people got real, really fucked up by the Vietnam War. These guys get their... Um, their fictional version of, you know, an extreme version of post-traumatic stress. But yeah, basically Cole is a dude who just came back from war as a really broken person. And, and why goes nothing on but a, revenge for the way yep, he was treated. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of first blood. It kind of <laughs> is first blood. Yeah. Um, good episode. I would also give it an A. It's really good. I like it. God, can you imagine, though... Like, if you had that procedure done to you, like, where you couldn't sleep. Do you, well, I mean, original, I mean, uh, when they're in the cafe, where when they're in that diner talking to that dude about it, he goes, you know, we, originally, it seems like a good pitch because he even says they told us it would be like living two lifetimes because, you know, they would we quote unquote lose all that you living so time much. to yeah, sleeping. Yeah. Uh, but then as time went on, they realized that even though they weren't sleeping and they were taking these drugs that supposedly replaced the chemicals. Yeah. I that, think it was like serotonin or something like that. Yeah. They, they basically realized, no, these dudes all or the three that survived got really messed up by not sleeping so yeah. oh, god i could not imagine that i feel like it probably unless they solved that problem i feel like it would be a really bad thing yes <laughs> so, oh man um all right so the next two episodes Ooh. Are, well, we're not gonna. We're only gonna do them one at a time. But the reason I'm bringing this up is the next two episodes actually are some of the most important episodes of the entire series. Like these are the ones where they kind of really started writing around the fact that um, Gillian Anderson had to go away to have her kid, and the way they wrote her out and then back in really does affect literally the entire rest of the series. All right. Um, so, and I can't, I know the next one is like really, really damn good. I can't remember the one right after that. I think it's probably equally as good if I remember, because the next two are Dwayne Barry and Ascension. Um, and I, the reason I just think they're so neat is because a lot of times like when, they write uh, pregnant women out of a show for a little bit. It's like they go on a trip or something. It's not like that super, you know, once in a while, maybe a, a like I know that when Lucille Ball was pregnant in real life, they made Lucy pregnant. And then for the rest of the series, she and Ricky had a kid. Yeah. So sometimes they do something like that. But this is. This one's pretty uh, pretty clever, I think. So everybody's homework for next time is Dwayne Barry. Hell yeah. Season 2, Episode 5. And uh, for now, I guess that's it. Later, everyone. Later.
The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.